This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. My old crop cast soybeans are gone. In my opinion, the soybean market has a similar but less bearish story than corn. A year ago, there was the risk on commodity investment support for soy oil before switching to soy meal as product leaders. There was a La Nina weather pattern impact on the soybean yield here in the United States, and this winter in Argentina. And extremely favorable crush margins have tightened carryover stocks. USDA says that the 2023 soybean acres will be unchanged, but the average yield will improve significantly to 52 bushel per acre. That allows the soybean carryover to improve from 225 million bushel to 290 for the 23-24 crop on the USDA balance sheet. 87.5 million acres of soybeans, if all harvested, would mean that each bushel per acre equates to 87.5 million bushels. That means that we cannot lose even one bushel per acre in average yield in the USDA projected production before the soybean carryover shrinks again instead of grows. Remember that crushed capacity will increase in 2023-24 as new plants now under construction begin to come online. The charts are not as negative for soybeans as for corn and neither are the fundamentals. I like old crop, new crop, bare spreads in soybeans too. I know that everyone says that corn pencils better than soybeans, but the contrarian in me says that will not be the way it works out. I had nearly forgotten who Biden, the Secretary of Agriculture, was. It had been so long since we heard a peep out of him. Then I was reminded by a headline that it was Tom Vilsack who was speaking out against Mexico's proposed ban on U.S. GMO corn. Mexico has tried to bar U.S. GMO corn imports a couple times, but then backed off each instance after blowback. Though not so much that they did not bring it up again. Frankly, it is getting old, and Bill Sachs is preparing to use the dispute process in the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement in order to get more closure on the revolving threat. Trade issues must be settled by science, and there's no scientific basis for Mexico to block U.S. GMO corn imports. They can buy non-GMO corn if they want to and market it that way, but they cannot ban U.S. GMO corn according to trade rules. Mexico appeared to back off on this demand again, but Vilsack is wisely not letting it go because it seems to just come back and we go through the threat again. This issue should be settled by the USMCA, so there is some finality to it. Mexico has been a phenomenally good buyer of U.S. corn and high prices did not stop them. This export market is critical and we should not have to put up with threatened disruption using the GMO hook. The science is settled. China has been missing from the U.S. corn market for some time. They do not need corn. Do they have plenty of feed grain? They have been buying corn elsewhere. They bought corn from Ukraine, which may be one reason that Putin will reopen the Black Sea's corridor if he gets some concessions on sanctions. China went through a process of getting phytosanitary approval to buy Brazilian corn and are expected to tap into their harvest. China was also feeding alternatives, including rice and, of course, sorghum. Sources that we follow tell us that Chinese corn stocks are being depleted and that their carryover is much lower than USDA has been using. As U.S. supply improves with this next crop and prices moderate, China should come back to the U.S. market for corn unless there is some geopolitical barrier that they adhere to. We are told that Chinese buyers are finding December corn prices attractive. Lower prices should buy back some lost export demand. On the cattle, 
Well, everything that you read says that cattle prices should remain strong. I think there are two chinks in the bull's armor. The first is that packers will cut kills, and reportedly already are cutting hours. This reduces the pressure that they have been under from their labor force. New plants under development are totally unrealistic given the declining number of cattle on feed. Timing for expanding packer kill capacity is totally off relative to the cycle. Existing packers learn how effective that managing kill capacity can be relative to manipulating the cash cattle market, and legislation to prevent this is unlikely to be enacted or effective. These packers have gone through a lot of rodeos to get where they're at. The connecting fundamental to kill capacity will be the impact on beef prices and subsequent demand. It is my fear that high prices for beef will cure high prices for beef, and that we will destroy a segment of demand from those who will decide that beef is no longer affordable. I think that we've been testing the limits, and we are not to the extreme here of where this is going yet. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com. Or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.